start to spread it podcast. Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. We've got two quick segments here for you today. We'll tie a bow around the round one defeat of the pesky Sixers. And a bit later, we'll talk to you about how we feel, our chances even going ahead into the Raptors series. Joining us from across the Tasman there over in New Zealand, it's Joe, aka Nose Gross McFly. Joe, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? How's Bubba? Bubba's doing well. Uh, excellent luck charm, I guess you could say, as far as the Celtics playoff wins. Undefeated <laughs> in her in her short life so far. So, uh, no, but in all seriousness, it's great. She's, she's very cute, and uh, I, I forgive her for keeping me and my wife up all night so far. So, what you're saying is if the Celtics win, that means that you're going to need to time all future uh, children to be born around the start of the playoffs. That's right. If it's the new... <laughs> If it's a new good luck charm. Which is going to be really difficult if the pandemic keeps shifting around season start days. <laughs> it's going to have yeah. to, you know, stand, take a stab in the dark, if you'll pardon the expression, and uh, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you are pardoned. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, how about yourself, man? I, you know, you guys have had a few of those COVID cases popping up in, in New Zealand again recently. It looked like you were, you were home clear for a bit, and now it's reared its ugly head. So how's life treating you there? Well, it's actually, you know, it's actually, yeah, I mean, the cases have popped up. I mean, we all love Auntie Jacinda over here. She's, <laughs> she's, she's lovely, but, but, uh, but, you know, there's been a, been a, there's probably a bit of, a little bit of, uh, a little, we're, we're sort of really at normal now. We're in, we're, we're, we've kind of rejoined the real world, I think. And yeah. life from, life over here is, is actually exactly normal. Uh, with the exception of big events being cancelled, like big gatherings yeah, right. being cancelled. Other than that, your life is, you go to work, you do the exact same things you normally do. You can still yeah. get toilet paper in the supermarket, you know? <laughs> That's a good sign nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shelves are well stocked. Well, fortunately, we've got the bubble to keep us all entertained in lieu of uh, those big crowd I events. know. Life is so much better than the first lockdown. Uh, yeah, it's so so well done, so well presented, especially now with playoff basketball. And a couple of days back, the Celtics, they completed a very satisfying clean sweep of the Philadelphia 76ers. Joe, I'm excited to hear your takes, man, because I haven't spoken to you really um, since this or during this, this series. How are you feeling about the Celtics after this one? Are you any higher on them than you were before the series? Mm, no, about the same. I think... Um... I guess that we were starting to look really, really good, eh, towards the end of those those seeding games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I I get nerd. We're not a deep, deep team, so you know, if we lose Hayward, it does matter. But um, we're also if there's anywhere we're deep, it's probably at his or deepish. It's at at his position. So, mm-hmm. um, I yeah, I feel I feel good about the Celtics, but I still would probably say, you know. For me, a successful season uh, is doing something in excess of, you know, going deep in this round, you know? So, so um, you know, and I, I probably haven't really changed that. Like, I still think I'll be really happy. I'll be, man, if we win this, I think that's a great result. I think the season's a success if we win this series. So you think we're at the bar now as far as expectations are concerned? If we, if we win this series, we sort of burst our heads through that 
that bar, or so to speak. Well, yeah, for me, I mean, I don't know. Like, we did an episode on it, I feel like, way back, like, a year ago when <laughs> the season started. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there was, I think there was my sense then. I thought Philly would have been better than what they turned out to be, but we, we can get to that. But, yeah, I, I don't know, Ben. Like, what are you, like, what's your vibe on it right now? I feel like you feel... Just to give some insight on the uh, on the group chat here, when when the Celtics go down early, Ben uh, feels that in Panic a way stations. that he feels that in a way that maybe I don't. <laughs> I think particularly against the Sixers, it's no secret that I just truly and and genuinely hate them. Uh, mm. And I've had some bad interactions online, and you know, plus the you know, there's a, obviously a, a history there as far as a rivalry between the two franchises, and recently with the Horford jetting off there to to Philly, um, the the anxiety is higher there against the Sixers because uh, a loss to them feels worse. And I know there's this ensuing wave of shit talk coming from their their fans on Twitter and Reddit and whatnot that I that I struggle to deal with. Uh, I respect the Raptors though. I res- I feel like their fans are a lot more respectable. A little bit more basketball savantish uh, as a whole, uh, and so a loss to them um, doesn't bother me as much, or a potential loss uh, throughout the course of a game. Uh, and also, now that we've gotten through the first round, we've beat the Sixers. I don't know. I feel like we can relax a little bit, and a little bit. Obviously, it'd be nice to win the second round, but I feel like we're now playing with house money a little bit. Mm-hmm, Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It doesn't make sense. I do just want to. This is a little bit of a parenthetical discussion, mm-hmm. Ben. But you made a comment right at the very start. You said it's no secret that dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gee, Ben just said that like a man with three hundred and fifty or so followers. Like, <laughs> there are dozens, like for instance, dozens for instance, of fans. <laughs> it's no secret that I was born in New Plymouth. It's just that no one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you if you have listened to more than one episode of this podcast, you yeah, probably yeah, know how much yeah. I hate them and the, and the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I don't have to talk long before before you hear that come out of my mouth. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, our uh, our Twitter followers uh, are fewer than our listeners, according to the numbers, and uh, and they need some help there. So while we're on it, go follow us on Twitter at Celtic Radipod. Uh, give us some love online. Tweet at us. Let us know. When when Ben says us, it's it's predominantly him. Although occasionally he'll he'll uh, he'll uh, he'll take one of our takes and put them out there. But Ben's Twitter game is pretty strong, guys. Like, I would follow Ben if, even if I wasn't on this pod, you know? I, <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Like, can I, can I give a high compliment? Oh, Probably, like said, but... <laughs> it's a, a lot good of it one. is just copying and pasting what you and Jackson say in our group <laughs> chat and, and putting it out there and taking credit for it. But hey, yeah, listen, listen to Joe. He knows what's up. Um, should but we talk yes, a little house bit? money, house money. I, I do yes. sort of feel. I, I don't. I feel like if we were to get swept in the series, I would be disappointed. Yes, I, I sure. want a good competitive series. You know whether that's a, you know whether that's a two-two series. If the series isn't at least two-two, I'll be disappointed. Yeah. I think I. I, I want to see. I think the Celtics are good enough, and um, and yeah, they. That's what I expect from them. A, a strong competitive series, and if we lose, we lose. Um, Toronto's really, really good, but I think we're an even chance to win it. Before we dive really deep into the upcoming Raptors series, Joe, can you talk to me about what it means to you as a Celtics fan, as a longtime Celtics fan, to beat the Sixers? I know you're like less of an emotional fan. We kind of touched on that earlier, but like, I know it's in there somewhere, man. I know you, like you're feeling that sense of triumph down oh, deep I, somewhere. I, I wanted the Sixers. I... 
you know, here's how I kind of feel about it. It's like it's 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 like it would have been so sweet to beat them. This is where this is where the bubble kind of lets us down, you mm. know? Like the the four one when you know the confetti series one, like that was so much sweeter. You know, mm-hmm. this time it felt like we we felt like I felt like we're coming up against a kind of an already defeated opponent. You know, like I felt like <laughs> you have lost faith in yourself, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> With good reason. They, they had they totally lost faith in themselves, and and it. it, it you know, I, I want to beat a swaggering Philadelphia and really just serve them right. But it's sort of, oh, man, it almost feels like we're kicking them when, we're de- when they're down. You know, like it... it Completely like, fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm okay with it, but it's not like it, it's... it's There's not the same sense of like, um, I don't know, like revenge, you know? Like it's... it's it's um, It just wasn't enough of a battle, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, it's like you go to a barbecue and you're driving and you're forced to drink light beer instead of you know proper real shit. It's just you know it's an imitation. It's not it's not quite the same. Doesn't have quite the the same substance or or satisfaction to it. This this Sixers team is the is the light beer of NBA teams. I guess that's what <laughs> I'm getting at. We had a, we had a thing in New, Ze- in New Zealand at least. I don't know if it was called it's called Clayton's. So people might refer to like a Clayton's. I don't know. Clayton's just means like imitation, so you okay. might have like a, a Clayton's a Clayton's result or you know a Clayton's victory or something. People might use that, but Clayton's used to make um uh, fake you know imitation like they'd make like um they'd make like liqueurs without alcohol in them. You know, like that was kind of the thing. So right, sure. Yeah. Anyway, Philadelphia Clayton's <laughs> another another thing another thing that no one cares about. Yeah, but well, that's uh, why we specialize on this podcast. <laughs> but Um, yeah it did it felt like a little bit like and i think that's where the bubble environment kind of like you couldn't feel like the uh like the kind of the bloodthirstiness of the fans yeah you know when 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 the celtics fans it's a friday night and they're a little and they've got a head of steam you know and um (laughs) (laughs) and they're just giving it a you know like then it might have felt like a little more um you know Oh, what's the word? Like vindicating is the word I'm searching for, but it's not it. You know, it's 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 just like that really satisfying win. Like, yeah, stuff you. You know, yeah. and I sort of feel like I sort of feel like the bubble environment's a little. It's a little bit sterile for that sort of stuff. And Absolutely. I, think, I do. I do wonder whether we're gonna feel like it had, doesn't have quite the same sense of occasion. Well, I don't wonder actually. It won't. Yeah, um, it's definitely the case, but I think it's been so long since the regular season that there's less of a contrast there, and it's just we're just happy to sort of accept oh, whatever sure. we can take. For, um, for for sure, for sure, for sure. But yeah, but, I mean to to have won both of those games, game three and four, in Philly in front of their fans, and just witness the booze. Yeah, perhaps another you know um, premature uh, confetti ejaculation once more. <laughs> that would have been really nice. But uh, it's not to be. It's not to be. But yeah, it wasn't, I feel you. wasn't to be. It wasn't to be. Reddit yeah. user Leet Speak on the next day thread writes, I felt bad for Horford at first, being a bad fit for the 76ers, but this man is literally earning over 100 mil. Um, feelings about Horford, obviously, we sort of we grew to love him for a little while there. He is making his money, but he's kind of squandered there on, on the Sixers. Did you see a future for him there, Joe? Uh, 
Yes, because it's they they kind of have to. Like, I mean, yeah. how tradable <laughs> is he? Um, that said, man, if he got bought out, man, I would absolutely want him back here. Like, oh, hell yeah. really miss him. You that know? man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come um, off the bench for Tice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen, eh? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's, like, but look, I mean, Andrew Wiggins got traded. It's it's like, we always, you know, I don't know. It's, it's one of those oft-repeated maxims, right? That no no contract is untradeable. Hmm. Um, Necessity yeah. is the mother of invention. Yeah, that's it right. It can be done if it needs to be. Yeah, that's right. And and um, but Horford's a useful player because I my I don't know. What do you reckon they're going to do? Like, what do you reckon Philadelphia is going to do with Simmons and Embiid? I reckon they have to get rid of one of them. I I just don't. I mean, because if if there wasn't a, a time limit on it, if they weren't always at risk of injury, it seems, and getting older, then you could try and run it back with another coach. But I just don't think they've got that much time. Um, and yeah, like the injury demon is always kind of looming over them. So I, I feel like they need to give up one of them for assets. Uh, you know, for example, surround either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid with really competent shooters and role players off the bench, which hopefully if you were clever enough with your trade of either one of those guys, you could get a nice even, you know, pouring mm. in or distribution of that kind of a player. I think that's the way forward. Um and personally, I'd do it around Ben Simmons because I just think there's a character issue there with, with Joel Embiid. <laughs> He's a great Australian, Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Slightly great Victorian. Like great Victorian. <laughs> Get him up here. I want to buff him. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Very injury prone, great Australian. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I do want to buff him. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buff him once he, once he plays well in a boomer's uniform. That's, that's, that's yeah, as far as I can go on Ben Simmons. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I it's, it's funny as as much of a dick as I reckon Ben Simmons is, like, and as much as a legend as Stephen Adams is, Ben Simmons is like, is going to provide better service to his country mm-hmm. than Stephen Adams. That's uh, yeah. I mean, if he ever weird thing. if he ever dons the green and gold, mate, we'll uh, we'll see. It may never happen. He's a very injury prone player, and. uh you know, if they do end up trading Joel Embiid, then you may have to play a, a lot of minutes over the next, you know, few years. So we'll see. Uh, I did want to make one comment on Tatum from game four. And that was that I, I thought he had sort of a sneaky, brilliant game. It's maybe not so sneaky at the end of it. I, I maybe penned this take before the end of the third quarter, but I thought that the Sixers actually did a really good job collectively defending Tatum and denying him the ball uh, or if they didn't deny him the ball, trapping him or doubling him on the catch. And I thought Tatum was really smooth and patient and decisive with his... I can't say decisive with his decision-making, but he... <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that he was really patient with um, sort of waiting and, and reacting to what the defense did, and he never really forced the wrong shot, which is a, a tendency that he's exhibited in the past. Uh, I felt like he he only took the shots that the offense gave him and that's maybe a new quality for Tatum. And then, of course, towards the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth, he just goes off and posts like a 28 and 15 or whatever it is in the end. But for a while there, it looked like he wasn't going to notch up his usual point totals um, and yet the team were performing well as a whole. And I think that's going to be really important moving forward into the Raptors series where the, the obvious focal point for their defense is Tatum 
right? And if he can, if he's capable of that level of patience and decision making, then that could bode well for us going forward. Did you, did you notice that at all, Joe, in, in game four? Yeah, I, felt, I, felt, well, I mean, it, you know, sort of like he just spent time occupying the crease. You know, <laughs> captain's knock. <laughs> it was a captain's knock. That's a great. Yeah, it was a captain's knock. He just played within the V. You yeah. know, and then you know, come the end of the third quarter, a few bad balls started coming. You know, a few half volleys outside off stump, and bam, he puts them into the fence. And I, I, I no, I, I really enjoyed like the the play, um, the play where he was isolated with Tybal up top of the key. Grant Williams comes over for a screen. Tybal like sees Williams. He kind of adjusts his weight to get around the screen, and Tatum just 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 jacks it. I just I loved that play. I was like that was that was a it reminded me of um, Kyrie had a game like a it was a game clinching shot over the Raptors in last year. Mm-hmm. You know if you can remember back that far, yeah. very similar thing happened. Um, basically he was isolated with Kawhi. Kawhi looked down at this. Kawhi, he watched Kawhi's eyes. Kawhi looked down and boom. Kyrie hit the Pops three. It. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a really like, you know, it was just such an obviously manipulated thing that he'd done. You know, like it obviously manipulated his defender. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was really dope. That was really it was a really mature play. Yep. Yeah, I like it when he starts slow and eases his way in. I, you know, I sort of feel like that's 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 the version of Tatum I like the most. Yeah, agreed. Uh now look I could Talk about the Sixers, I'm sure you could as well, Joe, losing in a sweep to the Celtics all night. But it's been 15 minutes into this podcast and we haven't spoken really about the Raptors all that much. So regarding the Raptors series coming up, there seem to be two main schools of thought heading into the series, at least from the Celtics fandom or pundit side of things. One, the Raptors are one of, if not the best team in the league. They're super deep, really well coached, and many think they'll be the team to come out of the East. The second school of thought is that the Celtics are 3-1 and one on the Raptors this season. The last game was a massive blowout. The Seas had a 40-point lead at one point. So despite the Raptors' depth and talent and coaching, the Celts are a better matchup. Do you lean on any particular side of that fence, Joe? Um, I think we are a good... I think they're mutually good matchups. I'm, I'm really excited that we're playing against them. You know? Mm. like I'm, I'm happy that we finally get to see it. Yeah. Um, I... I think we're just a good matchup for each other, you know. <laughs> you know, like Gasol isn't the type of guy. Like, this is a good series for Tice. I'm probably copying a bit of a Ryan Rossillo point, but, like, I agree with him. I was like, yeah, like, Gasol's not, like, punishing on the boards. Ibaka's not punishing on the boards. That sort of is a nice... It means that I'd expect Tice to be able to... Um, like, he's not, not going to be in the same amount of foul trouble. That's for yep. sure. Um, so we're going to be able to see our normal rotation, probably. You know, our best five will be able to play longer together, I think. Um, and that's really good for us. At the same time, man, Toronto's good. Like, <laughs> they are so good. Like, Lowry's out, you know, and they just they just got plenty of dudes, man. They got plenty of guys. So I'm I'm just excited for the series. So you mentioned Lowry's out. Are you, have you read something recently that I haven't? I, as far as I know, they haven't, oh, sorry. They haven't I just graded assumed the that. ankle sprain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I actually just assumed that. I haven't actually read it. I just remembered ankle sprain, and I just sort of assumed it was out. So can well, they be yeah. struck from the record or nah? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, though, because they surely know the severity of it now, but they haven't. They haven't, haven't communicated that. John Corrales had a really good point on his podcast today. Sort of, you know, obviously the premier Celtics podcast. That it's a bit of gamesmanship from 
from the Raptors there and not sort of communicating that and maybe Brad Stevens and his coaching staff need to spend an extra 30 minutes, one hour, whatever it is, discussing the game plan for the Lowry-less Raptors. And that maybe, if it doesn't discombobulate the Celtics, at least just wastes a little bit of their time and, and puts some unnecessary information into their heads, maybe? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I think the Celtics will just prepare as though Lowry's playing. Um, there's this sort of theory out there that Smart would struggle with, um, you know, guys like Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't see it. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. I don't think Marcus struggles with any any particular defender. It's just that you know, like Marcus is defending a guy. It doesn't mean that he's not gonna like score ever. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like you know, guys in the NBA are really, really, really good. You know, and defenders are good because they hold them below what they normally get. You know, so I, I still feel like Smart's just as capable of, of doing that against. But when I say I feel, I mean that is literally, I just feel it. I'm not like, this is not a, an informed take. <laughs> feel it I'm in just, your bones. Yeah, I'm just feeling, just yeah. feeling like I'm going to disagree with that take. Yeah. No, it's interesting. There's a, a post on Celtics Reddit by user Boz2NC that the post is titled X Factor Guard Play. And they write, the Celtics are most vulnerable at the guard positions in this series, depending on Lowry's health. Three key comments or points of emphasis. One, Challenging defensive matchups for Walker. Kemba gets a tough physical guard regardless of how the Celtics choose to match up. To win games early in the series, this tacks onto plate one offensively. I don't worry about Kemba's regular season percentages against these guys. I do worry about the physical toll over the length of seven games. And I would add to that the ensuing series or series is if, uh, if we do win. And mm. three, Wanamaker needs to be ready to give them extra physicality every night given the shit bench situation. He needs to give us a good good minutes, 75% of the time. Um, Kemba Walker, I think, is the takeaway sort of emphasis from all of that. Joe, do you think that he can make up for his lack of defensive impact on the offensive end? Do you think he can be a net positive in this series? And will it matter? It's going to be a really different series because he's not going to get the drop coverage, I don't think. Yeah, um, sure. That, that Embiid was getting. He was feasting in that last series, eh? You know, it's he was basically playing two on one. Um, I think it's going to be a bit more difficult for Kimba this series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that drop coverage cut away, didn't cut away. The, the drop coverage prevented uh, cuts by our wings, uh, predominantly Tatum and Brown. So if we're not seeing that drop coverage, can Kemba find our wings? Does that open up more baskets for, for Jalen and, and Tatum in that sense? Well, I get worried about... One of the things I like about Tate, uh, about Kimba is I sort of feel like our offense, uh, when he's kind of more at the helm, it feels like we just have we just run at a slightly higher clip. You know, yeah, sure. It feels like there's more flow to our offense when Kimba's doing when Kimba's scoring easily. Um, he often comes down. It's, it feels like you know he you know he might get a drag screen or something or a step up screen. I feel like I'm just making up terms here. You know. Uh, <laughs> But but you know he he often like often there's a good tempo to our offense I feel like when Kimber's really involved in it and it tends to it does tend to gum up a little bit you know when um when when Tatum I would say particularly has more control over it like it's mm. that's just his strength right you know he can that sidestep three pointer is just a weapon and it takes like you know five seconds time. to set up yeah you know so I kind of like. 
So with that in mind, okay, so I'm like, I, I like, kind of like it when Kemba is playing a big role in the offense, particularly to start off with, because I think it's good for the, the for the for everybody else. I just like the tempo. I just sort of feel like it flows a little easier, and I think that flows into to role players playing well. Mm-hmm. So that's probably more my concern is that if Kemba's a little bit stymied, um, we don't we we lack that offensive rhythm, and if we don't have offensive rhythm, we're gonna get worse contributions from our bench i feel because you know they tend to they yeah they don't tend to change well there's been occasions where they've changed the energy of a game but i feel like we're, we're obviously a, a starter reliant team yeah so does that make sense that kind of yeah chain? It, it does but what what about the raptors compared to oh, the Sixers? i don't really want to compare those two teams but also teams we've faced in the bubble so far where Kemba has looked good what about the raptors do you think in particular will potentially stymie or, or slow down Campbell Walker? Oh, I just think he's going to get, like, I think they're more likely to, at the very least, have the big man um, come up to the level of the screen. And so he's sure. not going to be walking. Kemba shot a lot of free Mid-range. throw line elbow yeah. jumpers. And they were super comfortable for him. Very, very sexy. And I just don't, <laughs> yeah, I just don't. And it kept the it's kept the scoreboard ticking over. Uh-huh. And I just don't think those are going to be there the same way. He's going to have, you know, he's not got Shake Milton. He's got, Van Vliet or Lowry or, you know, Norm Powell or Ananobi. Like, there's just better defenders available to him. And then behind that, you know, he's got um, Abaka's going to be the, the big man or Siakam might be the big man who's guarding him or Ananobi or, you know, maybe Gasol's a bit more likely to drop in, but, but Gasol's the dancing bear, man. Like, he's yeah. <laughs> he's nimble. So so I just, I, I, I suspect, Kimber's going to find the series a bit more difficult, and mm. um, that's going to make us our like our flow not quite as nice. You know, it's not going to flow the same. Yeah, it'll be a yeah. different kind of flow if we do find a flow compared to the Sixers series. So, do do you think that that opens it up for somebody else, like one of the Jays, or I was going to say Hayward, but he's obviously not coming back. Do you think that the that change in defense, that more typical defense on the big coming up and and shutting down the the pick and roll. Um, for the ball handler in Campbell Walker, do you think that's maybe going to open it up for for Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? Well, no, not really. <laughs> Sorry. So where's the entry point then? <laughs> well, it, it may it may open up Tice for some for some lobs running at the rim, but even then, Toronto's like got they're just a good matchup. They've got big wings, yeah. So you know, if Tice is rolling the ring, there's a pretty big guy who's going to be able to come over and tag him, right? The, the the low man, you know, is is no joke for the mm-hmm. Raptors. Yeah, um, sure. I think. Look, honestly, we're we're lucky that even though they've got good size, our I just feel like if we have Hayward, if we have Hayward, we have one too many guys who are just a little bit too big. Yeah, um, right. I think Hayward would have played a huge role in the series. You know, as a as a second side, you know, as the second, you know. Kimber, Kimber gets stymied. Um, the ball reverses. It goes to you know, goes to the second ball handler, and they work out of the sort of second pick and roll. Um, you might get yeah. Um, I sort of feel like that might have been the option, and I like Hayward in that situation better than any of the other wings. Um, although Tatum's Tatum, Tatum's he's showing progress, and I might even like Brown the best. Eh? Like I actually I quite like what Brown does. Yeah, and he's been really um, good. He's hitting his free throws as well for the most part, mm. which is uh, incredible, unprecedented. So it kind of leads to a question I wanted to ask you, Joe. Um, 
is this version of the team that we have now better than the team that we had or thought we had entering the bubble? Like that is, we thought Campbell was Campbell Walker was really hamstrung going in, and Hayward was looking good. Now there's no Hayward, but Campbell looks maybe as good as he's ever looked in a Celtics uniform. So with that in mind, is this current Celtics team today better than what we thought we had going into the bubble? And does that question even make sense? Yeah, no, it makes some sense. I don't know. Ben, is size better than, or is big better than little? I mean, points are better than no points. And if Kemba Walker is scoring like he is, like he was early in the season and prior to his time with the Celtics, then um, I think that's a really good thing. I was quite excited about the prospect. Well, um, I was intrigued by the prospect of Marcus Smart plus plus the three wings plus Tice. Um, that as a defensive lineup just kind of had so few holes. You totally. Know? Yes. Um, and now we're in a position where we're you know like remember what we all forget this now, but just remember what used to happen when Rozier was the point guard and Kyrie mm-hmm. was out. Yeah. Just remember how how LeBron just picked on him. Yes. You know, um, that's what happens in the playoffs. We forget this stuff, eh? You know, and so would if I had to trade a healthy Hayward for a how oh, sorry if I had to trade or pick between a healthy Kimber and healthy Hayward, I'd choose Hayward. Yeah. Um, sure. It's just harder to pick on him, eh? Yeah, I get um, it. I, that, I think that's going to be something that we are talking about at the end of every game, which is how much Campbell Walker got picked on by by the Raps offense. It's just an unfortunate thing. He's he's very tiny, and he does have like a lot of defensive grit in his taking of charges. Totally. And you know, there was one point in the in the Sixers series where he like jumped up on. It's almost like he climbed up his front on Joel Embiid and, and took a rebound, and then there was the pass up in transition for a bucket. Um, like he's got a lot of grit, but I just, especially against a team like the Raptors, I just don't think that's enough. You've got to be a big body because they've got too many of them themselves. Yeah, I'm still grateful to have him. Like it's way better. I'd way rather have him than Terry Rose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, know? but um, yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna create issues. Um, I think I I think the Raptors are a little bit better than us. But hey, look, I mean. Who who knows? Who who really knows? You know, maybe, you know, Tatum has been, after he cut his hair, has been pretty consistent, you mm-hmm. know? Um, if he's consistently a 30-point guy, he's the best player in the series. Um, and that, that, man, that makes a difference, you know? And, um, and Jalen Brown can easily be the second-best guy in the series. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, we're probably going to win it, you know? So, uh, man... I don't know. <laughs> That's really nice to hear you say, Joe, I have to say, because you are probably one of the more, like I said, you don't think emotionally and you're, you're quite measured and realistic with your takes. And to hear those words come out of your mouth, um, that that makes me feel pretty good. So if you're listening to this podcast, if Joe <laughs> thinks we're in for a chance to win, then we're legitimately in for a chance to win. So uh, I could easily stop it there, but I won't. <laughs> I, I have no hesitation in saying that we have a, a very real chance to win. It's not an outside chance. I, I, favor the Raptors slightly but um yeah it's 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 you know it's hardly an outside chance I think it's a very even series talk to me Uh, about how much faith or lack thereof you have in our bench unit or even just two or three guys off our bench man well I like Grant Williams like I really like him and I feel like the guy gets a I feel like I don't know why Stevens doesn't trust him as much you know I sort of wonder whether that's a little bit of a coaching issue like the guy losing confidence, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Grant Williams can play, man. Like I promise you, Grant Williams will be in the league ten from ten years from now. Mm. I promise too. you. I promise you, he will be. Yeah, man. He's, you know, I mean, Semi. I think Semi's not long for this world. Unfortunately, I don't. I, <laughs> I agree. I think, I think Semi might get one more look at training camp, and and that'll be it. You know, he'll be off to Europe or China or something like Professional that. Professional bodybuilder, maybe. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I. You know. I, I thought I am it's no secret. <laughs> it's no secret that I thought I, I had big raps on Simi, but he's just never made he's never made shots at the clip he needs to. Yeah. Um yeah, sure. but Grant's just got a slightly different role, you know? Grant's just he's able to he, Grant contributes all the time when he's out there, eh? You know? All the time. Yeah, well you mentioned uh Marcus Smart and the wings and Tice. I feel like Marcus Smart the wings with one of them being Grant Williams and Tice is a, maybe our best defensive lineup. I have no data to back that up, but you know, swap out Hayward with with Grant Williams who can guard nearly every position. He's very, very switchable. I, I feel like crunch time, you need to stop. That's the lineup you put out there. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I, I really like having Grant Williams out there defensively. I feel like we rebound better. I love his... I mean, Scal talks about this a lot, but his screens are just like that crunching yes you know <laughs> he's a thick like, guy he's very thick <laughs> he, he is man and it's that's why he's effective all all over the floor you know he he's he's hard to move um yeah i i man i think grant i'm a believer i've sp- i've spent a lot of money on a grant williams rookie card so i clearly i'm a believer <laughs> my money where my mouth is it's quite the investment uh <laughs> use a king of pants on a thread in the nba discussion reddit which is a good page if you're sick of all the memery and everything on on nba reddit uh king of pants writes this in reply to a comment about how bad our bench is uh they say i don't know that i agree with this re- referring to the the bad rating of the bench i think we're pretty harsh on both our bench and our C's, which I think means centers. Uh, our bench mm. is rated sixth best in the league by net rating. Just like the Six Men of the Year award, we often judge benches based almost purely on points per game. Our bench scoring is bad, but our bench defense is pretty great. Uh, our C's right. aren't below average. We just lack big names. We're top three in opponent, opponent points in the paint and in defensive field goal percentage for opposing C's, centers. Uh, I think as Celtics fans, we just expect too much from our role players. Our bench and centers aren't amazing, um, but they're decent. I think I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And, you know, I'm going to stick up for Brad Warnermaker a little bit here too. Like, you know... Like Bill Simmons loves to rag on Brad Wanamaker. And I don't get like, it. He's a backup point guard. Like, <laughs> if he was as good as Kimber Walker, he'd be the starter. But he's not. He's a backup. And guess what? He is perfectly adequate for a backup. You know? Mm-hmm. He, he, he makes his free throws. He makes his laps. He makes a good amount of threes. He does some things that frustrate you. But he's your backup point guard. You don't. Like we're not relying on the guy to to you know to be our you know primary offensive contributor. If we lose, it's probably not because of Brad Wanamaker. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and he would have been a very adequate starting point guard for the Sixers in this past series. Like totally. they could really use someone like Wanamaker who can you know penetrate a defense, make an entry pass, just sort of possesses the the fundamentals package that you you know archetypical point guard should. Um, yeah. With the captain's knock analogy with Tatum before, I feel like that makes Brad Wanamaker the night watchman. Comes in <laughs> the with night the rest watchman. 
<laughs> That's a great nickname for him. Comes can in we late, get that holds going? it down. <laughs> Look, we can try, but I don't think anyone will understand what the what the hell we're talking about. But we'll we'll, we'll try. We'll put it out to our dozens of followers and see. <laughs> He, he, de- he definitely has he that kind of role. He's got a, such a Night Watchman, Daniel like Vittori role. Jason yeah. Gillespie coming in, you know, late <laughs> late at night. The sun's going down, the light's low. The umps are considering and calling it, calling stumps. <laughs> and uh, Dizzy Gillespie, Brad Wanamaker comes in, gets a few runs, keeps the run rate up. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh, plus Night Watchman. <laughs> Sounds so cool, you know, if you don't know what it means. It's a great name. Even <laughs> out of right. context, it sounds good. Um, yeah. Now, let's well, let's try and get that one started. I, I really look forward to the post-game one or game two or whenever our next pod is talking about the bench. I, I hope that we can echo some of the points we've made from a prediction standpoint so far and that they actually have kind of held their own a little bit and at least yeah. defensively being, being competent. Um, totally. As a user on uh, NBA Reddit, sorry, Celtics Reddit, NBA mods be better, who has the current top post on Celtics Reddit. To summarize it real quick, the Celtics just swept the Sixers, missing Ben Simmons. Meanwhile, the Raptors swept the Nets, a borderline G League team, and are getting a lot of praise and hype. Joe, why are the Raptors getting so much hype for for sweeping a, a G League team while the Celtics are getting almost no hype from sweeping, you know, on paper at least, a, a very competent Competence is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. The Sixers who have most of their their full complement. Or do you think it's because do you think they're getting hyped because of the playoff series, or do you think it's because of the strength of this season and some of the other results they had in the bubble? Yeah, I mean, I think the Raptors have a lot of momentum behind them, so a sweep in addition to that probably feeds into the hype a little bit, but. I mean, it's hard from the Celtics fan perspective. We're sitting here, we're saying, okay, look at us. Like, we're, we're pretty great. We're holding our own against any team. We had a, a pretty good, in the end, bubble record. Um, and everyone looks great now, despite Hayward being out. Where's the hype? You know, I was talking to you and, and Jackson about this in our group chat the other day about it's frustrating listening to mainstream media podcasts and even Bill Simmons Mainstream. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> He even hesitates to talk about the Celtics uh, at length. Um, yeah, I just I guess there are a lot of people out there, including this user, NBA mods be better, uh, confused as to why that might be. Like maybe there's no answer there other than the raps or just a little bit more flavor of the month, flavor of the year at this point. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's I don't think anyone's paid any attention at all to this series against the Nets. I don't <laughs> think that's the reason for the hype. I think the reason for the hype is they're a deep team and everyone's recognizing just how good they've been this year. Like they've been a better team than the Celtics this year. They have, mm-hmm. if we, you know, if we take the season in its totality. Now, compounding it or confounding it a little bit, I suppose, is the fact this is kind of its own season. You know, we've got a, an entire off season, and and you know, um, I I think you know our young guys are a little better. You know, our two our two wings are probably a little better than what they were. So we'll see. But like. Man, we'll see. You know, this is great. Like, we'll get to, we'll get to, we'll know in two weeks' time. We'll, we'll know. Yeah, um, and, and we'll have a good idea of, of how the, I, I guess, how the two two teams match up in a playoff series by Friday, right? Friday Australian time, Thursday night US time. We'll see game one. We'll have a, a taste of what's to come, and um, you know, we we sit down here, Joe, and we, we try and pontificate we try and predict about you know what's going to happen in this series but they're so evenly matched right it's it's almost impossible to tell we're really just gonna have to wait and see like you say yeah yeah enjoy it like that's my you know like guys you gotta enjoy this guess what if we have a disappointing result 
we're going to probably run more or less the same team back next year, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so just get behind these guys, you know? They're probably going to be here. This team is probably going to be here in substance for, for a while, um, at least another season. So, you know, um, unpack your bags with this team. Don't, <laughs> you know, like... Move in. <laughs> Sign the move lease. In. Sign the lease. <laughs> get them preggers. uh uh, you mentioned the bubble being its own season a little bit how much weight does the recent blowout win against the raps hold for for either team going into this series joe not much blowouts happen yeah you know um if we'd been blown out by them i wouldn't be putting enormous enormous amount of stock in it yeah it feels like you know in an eight game sort of regular season you're going to get some variance some some you know some some static in the signal mm. yep. yeah no fair mm. enough and there was a lot of talk mostly from raptors fans admittedly saying that you know the raps were just mailing it in that in that day because there was just no motivation for them no no incentive for them yeah. to yeah to put any effort in which is fair uh but kind of felt good getting in a, another uh you know totally. blowout win on the on the raps there I mean, it's not like we had that much incentive either. You know, we're pretty locked into the third seed. So at that point, um, yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I, I don't like. I don't put nothing in, but I put as close to nothing on it as you can get. <laughs> yeah, and and a lot of people, because um, I was in, oh, I can't remember what Reddit thread, but basically saying to people who are very high on the Celtics and like very confident that the Celtics would win the Raptors series easily, like steady on, the Raptors are a very, very good team. Don't pay too much mind to the 3-1 record to them in the regular season in favor of the Celtics because... The Sixers had a 3-1 record in favor of them against the Celtics in the regular season, and look what happened in that series. And I know things change, and you know players are less healthy than they were in the regular season, but the, the regular season series score doesn't necessarily weigh too much into what happens in a playoff series, especially when you're going against a mastermind like Nick Nurse. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's the bubble, man. It's a new season. New, new season, first score. Yep. Couple of Reddit um, comments, and then we're going to wrap this one up. User Greaves writes: I find it comical how confident Raptors fans are that they can beat us. Lack of respect for Tatum, for Brad, and especially Ainge. We just swept the process with forty percent effort. I can't wait till we double down for these fools and sweep them as well. And a reply from user I guess twelve to that comment: They should be confident. Our bench is non-existent, and our last two games we weren't that great. I hope otherwise, but I'm thinking Raptors in six or seven. Now, we've just talked about, Joe, how it's impossible to predict. It's impossible to know what's going to happen even in, in game one coming up. I'm going to ask you anyway. You've got a prediction? Gun to your head, if you'll pardon the expression. What's the prediction for you in this upcoming series? How many games and who takes it in the end? Um, prediction, I mean, saying Raptors in seven feels a little too... Um, I'm going to say That feels right, though. Yeah. But it feels like less of a prediction than Raptors in six, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would Raptors in six feels like eventually... someone in seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's as far as I can go. Um, uh, I'm going to say, okay, my official prediction, which, I, which I'm not going to be particularly married to, is Raptors in six. Yeah, I, well then I'll, yeah. to keep it interesting, I'll say Celtics in five or six. Be, I, I think that it's, potentially likely that either team wins in five because game one or two one of the teams like nails the recipe of how to beat the other and then just spams that for the rest of the series Um, which would be disappointing with all the hype going into this series but i think either team is capable of that but i just don't know which one 
at this point. Yeah, but to be to just 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 to explain my prediction is I'm making that just to be unique enough <laughs> for it to have a chance of of beating other predictions as opposed to it being what I really think, which is that it's a <laughs> that it's a very even series. Yeah, and I expect it to play out accordingly. It's going to be exciting. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you for listening. Please go ahead and subscribe. Give the pod a five-star rating. Share it with your friends. All that good stuff. Like Joe said, bigging up our Twitter feed earlier, go follow us on Twitter at CelticReddipod. Joe, love your work, mate. Thanks again. Have a good night. Yeah, good to talk. Yeah, likewise. Do it again soon. (laughs) We will. All right, we'll be back sometime early in the Raptors series. Until then, go Celtics. Peace. We supply all the songs. If I'm wrong, you hit the Superman like Soldier at War. You grew your hair an inch long.